Hi, and welcome to episode number 10 of the Parenting Win podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Jacobus. So I actually had another topic planned for today, but I thought this was an important one as I know it's on everyone's mind, the coronavirus. During today's show, I will not be talking about risk or whether or not you should be pulling your child from school. Please refer to the CDC and your doctor for these answers. Nor will I be talking about how to talk to your kids about the coronavirus. NPR did an awesome podcast on this topic, and I would recommend you take a listen to that. What I will be talking about is how we can look at the situation through the lens of positive discipline and the life skills and opportunities for learning it can provide for our kids. So before we all begin, go wash your hands and thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in. So as I mentioned earlier, I wasn't planning on talking about this topic, but today while scrolling through Facebook, I saw so many posts from parents sharing how sad and disappointed they were to see their own kids disappointed about trips being canceled and events also being canceled. I myself was also one of those people as I learned just after running 19 miles this morning that the Boston Marathon is likely to be rescheduled for the fall. So how do we take these disappointments and turn them into opportunities for learning? So that's what I want to talk about today. So first, it's really important that we ask them how they feel about all of this. If they are disappointed and sad, offer empathy statements and listen, while also using reflective listening. So if your son says, I'm really pissed that the season was canceled, you say, I can tell this is really pissing you off. Use their language and you may even offer, I feel pissed too. Do not lecture and whatever you do, do not tell them life is not always fair. What you do is maybe offer a story. Would you like to hear about a time when I experienced a similar feeling and how I dealt with it? I actually do have a story, and if my kids were older, I would probably share it. I'll never forget being in eighth grade, and my middle school was divided into three teams. Well, one team went to DC for a class trip, and another went to New York City. And do you know where my class went? We went to Canopy Lake Park. I actually cannot remember where we went, but it was something like that. It felt completely and totally unfair. Then the week of the trips came, and that Monday when my dad picked me up at school, he shared with me that my grandmother died. Ironically, I ended up not being at school the remainder of the week. We also had my grandmother's funeral within that same week, and I often think about that about that week, and while I was so angry that our team was not going anywhere, it also turned out to be a weird blessing in disguise. I can't imagine what it would have been like for my parents if I was in DC when this all happened, or just missing the opportunity to say goodbye to my grandmother. I share that story because it's stories like that that can help build a connection with our children and might help them understand that 
these things do happen to us all at some point in our lives. Maybe not a pandemic of coronavirus, but you get that you get the gist. So Secondly, you want to avoid rescuing your child. So if your child's school trip is canceled, don't offer reassurance that you'll bring them there this summer. It's okay to let them sit with the disappointment. One of the reasons why kids have a bad reputation for being entitled is they haven't experienced disappointment and haven't had the opportunity to develop these disappointment muscles. Now, I know this may feel uncomfortable for a lot of parents because it's our natural inclination to want to protect them, but truly, this is an opportunity. Now, on the flip side of this, as the parent, use this event closings as opportunities to build connection with your child. We have, get, we have gotten far too comfortable living in chaos where we're shuttling our kids around from one game to the next. This is an opportunity for all of us to hit the pause button and just be with our kids as a family. Pull out the board games, go outside, be in nature, watch a movie together, make a list of activities you can do with your kids in the home or outside in nature that doesn't involve public interaction. My guess is if you put your kids to this challenge, they'll probably come up with some pretty awesome ideas. Lastly, use this opportunity to build additional life skills. I'll mention the obvious one, which is hand washing. I know this is something that my kids daycare does a really good job at, But at our home, my husband and I have this tendency to forget that the kids should probably wash their hands before dinner. Gross, I know. But we're looking again at this as an opportunity. This is something that we should be doing anyway and probably why we all ended up with flu B in our house. So maybe if we start practicing this more in our house, the likelihood of us all getting the flu next year will be less. Additionally, this is an opportunity to model putting others before self. So don't be that person that goes to the gym with a cough or buys out all the toilet paper in the store. Show your kids humanity. Show them how important it is to reach out to our neighbors in time of need. How when, if they're suffering in the world, we do not judge, criticize, speculate, or ridicule. Use this as an opportunity to model empathy to others. Understand that we are all experiencing this situation differently. If you looked at my husband, you would see a very fit guy who there is no way is 40 years old, but he is 40, and he's actually a month away from celebrating his 12-year kidney transplant anniversary. For us, this pandemic is truly scary, but to others looking at our family, they'll see folks who are healthy and have nothing to worry about. So don't assume, and again, put others' health before your own. Stay home if you're not feeling well. Resist putting your own fears and insecurities onto others. If you simply do not feel safe bringing your kids out, don't go, but avoid putting pressures on others to make those decisions for you. Own those decisions with your children and avoid lying as a way to protect them, because you can't. So... 
what is my parenting win for the week that I can share? It actually has nothing to do with the coronavirus, but germs were involved. So I'm totally shifting gears here, but I wanted to share this because it's fresh in my mind and it was such a good parenting win. So last Friday, I got the call from daycare that my daughter had thrown up in the middle of class. Thankfully, it was a short-lived stomach bug, and by that evening, it had totally resolved itself. So, funny thing was, though, when I picked her up, it was like she was the big celebrity in class. Every kid ran up to me to tell me that Emery had puked, and Emery proudly told me that she was the third person in her her class to puke. So it was it was pretty funny. Anyway, naturally, I attempted to spend the next 24 hours trying to keep my kids as separated as possible. But of course, my son saw my daughter laying on the ground with blankets and stuffed animals as just an invitation to jump on her and even lick her face. And I'm not kidding. He literally licked her face. The next morning, I headed out for a long run, and again, I say this with some bitterness, but I listened to this great podcast from Joyful Courage on sensory processing. This episode literally blew my mind. I will link to the show notes because you definitely want to listen. Now, I won't go into all the details of the show, but the long and the short of it is we all experience the world differently through our senses. Some of us are visual people, while others may get overstimulated by what they see. What I realized in listening to the show was my son has this great need for physical movement. Now, this really should be no shock, considering both my husband and I are aware this way. So later that day, when my son was desperately trying to wrestle with my daughter and was getting her super annoyed, rather than telling him no or yelling at him or sending him to a timeout, which by the way, I don't encourage timeouts. I strongly discourage them. But at any rate, I decided to use redirection. Now, redirection has only gone so far with him in these situations, but I I sort of had that light bulb moment where it all clicked after listening to this episode. Now, what I did and what I learned from this episode was that sometimes a child's misbehavior is a way to fill their sensory cup that they're in need of. So for my son, it was the proprioception sense that he was seeking out. So in this moment, everything clicked. I stopped what I was doing, which was playing Candyland with my daughter, and she was totally cheating, so it was a good way out. And I asked my son to walk like a bear. He then got on all fours and started crawling all over the room and roaring like a bear. We did this with about five other animals and soon my my daughter was participating in the fun. It was a huge parody win for me. Not only did it help redirect my son, it helped us build connection. It help fulfill that need of movement that he was clearly seeking out. So I really hope you found today's episode helpful and I hope you tune in next week when we talk about getting our kids to listen.
All right. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. I'd love to hear your feedback, opinions on this topic, but also the other shows as well. I know this is a scary time in our world right now, and I know some are thinking, I don't understand all the hype. Bottom line, let's be kind to one another and show our kids what it means to put others first. I hope we can all stay healthy, so take care of yourself and your family, and I'll talk to you next week.